Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The notion or idea of an eternal struggle in the universe is certainly not new or novel. Most societies, even most religions, make reference to a struggle of good versus evil that is larger than our world. But what the Bible actually reveals is that the struggle is not directly good versus evil. Rather, it is God versus his enemy, Satan, the source of all evil and the source of death. Actually, if our eyes are opened, we realize that God, in his wisdom, allowed this archangel to rebel, with one possible reason being the tremendous opportunity afforded God to manifest his wisdom through the church by heading up all things in Christ. This is the view in Ephesians. And Francis Paul has joined us again today as we continue to fellowship on the heading up of all things in Christ. Francis, welcome back. This is a marvelous light we're about to see and I think have been seeing a little bit in these programs. It's a slightly different view, Francis. Uh, it's a slightly different way of viewing, I should say, the presence of God's enemy in the universe, especially in light of the horrific evil that Satan is capable of and has shown again and again through history that he is willing to bring to the inhabitants of the earth. Of course, his purpose is always to frustrate God and especially God's people from the accomplishment of God's eternal will. But it seems it always eventually backfires in that uh, everything ultimately creates more opportunity for God, doesn't it? It's really amazing to me. I think this is a marvelous light to see people ask, why did uh, God allow Satan or anyone to rebel? But as you pointed out, this is a mark of God's wisdom. I heard it illustrated once that if you're an expert mechanic and your car never breaks down, you have no opportunity to show how smart you are. So without God allowing it, Satan could have never rebelled. That's right. But because God did allow it, this afforded God an opportunity to uh, manifest such marvelous wisdom. And we know the outcome is revealed to us that he will be the victor after all. But we, in the meantime, we really realize we do have an enemy. Yeah, I heard it also expressed once that God never chooses evil, but he does allow man in his free will that has been influenced by the evil one to uh, choose evil, and we see that. But what is marvelous is to realize God's superabundant ability to turn that evil ultimately to good, and that's Romans 8.28, a verse we've talked about many times on this program, but I think takes on a different even importance as we get further into this high view from Ephesians, doesn't it? That's part of the all things that work together for good to those who love God. Exactly. And are called according to his purpose. Uh, but Francis, that doesn't mean that there is not suffering and much loss that is temporary, that's temporal, I would say, in time. Uh, that's the effect of this evil. But God uh, somehow is able to, uh, through death, the process of death and then resurrection, bring it all into a condition that reflects and magnifies him. Just before the verse that you quoted that I referred to, Romans 8.28, in Romans it points out that the whole creation was made subject to vanity, 
not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will also be freed from the slavery of corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. When man took uh, that element of death, that element of Satan into him, it wasn't just man that suffered, but here it reveals the whole creation the whole suffered. whole creation, right. And so now the whole creation is eagerly awaiting something, isn't it? That's right. That's another verse in Romans that's marvelous, that the whole creation is waiting for something that God planned from eternity past. Hmm. Well, that's uh, where we're going in our first segment today. Let's get to Witness Lee. I'm looking forward to today's message. Romans 8 tells us clearly that the whole creation today is under the bondage of corruption. It's under the vanity because that factor has spread into the whole creation. So the whole creation becomes collapsed. Anything living, when it dies, it becomes a collapse. The whole universe becomes a collapse. You may say, sorry for this, but I tell you, God would say, (laughs) very good for me. Sorry for you, but very good for me, God would say. Why? Because (laughs) without such a dead situation, without such a collapse, God's wisdom could never be manifested. Satan came in to inject himself as the dead factor into the center of God's creation, that's man, to collapse the whole creation. Do you know? Whenever God wants to do something, Satan goes ahead. This is the principle in the Bible. God's intention was to inject himself into man. Or, using another word, to work himself into man. After creation of man, God put man in front of the tree of life, indicating that God wanted man to take God in. That God could get into man. Satan knew this. The strange thing is, God never rushes. He has no rush hour. But Satan always rushes. Satan rushed into the situation. Before God got into man, Satan injected himself into man. The whole creation got poisoned with Satan's dead factor. So there is a collapse everywhere because death is everywhere. Francis, I recall several years ago uh, recording a life study program with you, I believe, as we were talking about the two trees when we were in the life study of Genesis. And we had a message that touched many of these same points, but it's quite fresh to hear him bring it out in this uh, context of Ephesians and God's eternal purpose and will here. Uh, In the introduction today, we were talking about this eternal struggle or battle that many, most people, I think, would quite readily say, oh, that's the battle of good versus evil. Mm -hmm. And we saw, no, really, it's the battle of the two universal persons, God and Satan. But in its working out, what we see, as he brought out here, it's really the battle of death versus life and God's enemy rushing in to inject the death element into the center of man's will. And why don't you pick up the point right there? 
Well, it's quite amazing to me, and the light that's shining in this particular uh, matter is that God has an eternal purpose. And uh, naturally, we think that since God has that purpose, why doesn't he just do it? (laughs) Yes. But uh, God's way is not to just do it like that. And he allowed rebellion to come in, which could never have come in if he had not allowed it. Since he allowed rebellion to come in, people may ask, why would God do that? Isn't he all-powerful and almighty and all-wise? But he has no opportunity even to display his wisdom if he just does things suddenly and uh, without any kind of preparation. So I would say this is a view of God's preparation to display his wisdom and accomplish his purpose said that there would never be another thing to challenge his purpose and his goal. So he allowed Satan to come in inject himself into the center of the universe, which was man created by God, so that uh, he could spoil God's plan. But God allowed that because he's wise and he knows how he's going to work everything out, even from eternity past. So I feel today we just have to be encouraged not to be bothered because of all the evil that's in the world, because that has brought in a situation that really gives opportunity for God's marvelous wisdom to be manifested. You know, Francis, even in light of uh, current events and the tremendous uh, tragedy that has befallen us uh, in this country in recent days, I don't know how many times now I've heard different people commenting on uh, all that is beginning to happen in a positive way as a result of that tremendous evil. So many people being restored in their families. And even more significantly, how many people have really turned to Christ, have received the Lord? Uh, I, I was at a, my doctor's office this week, and the nurse there was talking about all the rush of people that have come in uh, in panic, you know, wanting to be tested for anthrax and this and that. And she was commenting, and I said, well, were these mostly elderly people that were just scared? And she said, no, you know who it was? It was the 30-year-olds. And the 40-year-olds, all these ones who are driving the fancy cars, the Lexus and the BMWs, and have been making all this money. And this was her view. Of course, she's a dear Christian, but she said, I think it's because they don't have anything solid in their lives that can carry them through a time of turmoil. Uh. And I think that that is really one of the small examples illustrating this point. Out of this horrible event, we are seeing God at work in many hidden ways, really turning a nation back to him. Don't you agree that there's been this element? There certainly has been this element, and we've heard much from New York City and how so many people are turning to the Lord. And some of the the saints, the believers there, young people getting on the train and singing Mm. and preaching the gospel, and even the the people, the passengers on the train joining in with singing, they are really touching something because people have been uh, disturbed now that causes them to turn to God. So... This is God's way of causing things to work out together for good. It really is. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee Francis. We're going to stay on this point. God came to work himself into man. And God came into man, not the original man. Man became a flesh. Satan got into man. Now God also gets into man. Man becomes a battlefield between God and Satan. Originally, Satan and God, God and Satan, were fighting the universe. And eventually, man became their battlefield. Do you realize that 
the little you, the little me, the little man, is a battlefield. A war is raging up. What war? The war between Satan and God. I tell you, we Christians do have a raging war within us. The dead factor is fighting against the life factor. And the life factor is conquering, subduing, killing, selling up the dead factor. You know, after we take in the antibiotics, right away in our body, there is a fighting. Do you know Jesus Christ is the top antibiotic? Since the day we received him, the war was going up. Day after day, Jesus Christ, the top heavenly antibiotics, has been, still is, killing all the germs. We got the dead poison, so we got collapsed. But when Jesus came in, the life factor came in. You know what? We rose up a little bit. In Ezekiel chapter 37, all the dead bones are detached bones. They are just a heap. When the bread of life enters into those dead bones, firstly, they rise up. Then they get themselves all attached one to another. Then they become a body. This rising up and getting attached is actually the hiding up. Well, Francis, this is another level of the uh, realization of the universal battle that we need to get very clear about, and that is the location of the battlefield. It's not in in the universe uh, in an outward way. Really, the center of the battle is in us, isn't it? That's right, because us is God's purpose. Right. He created us that we might be his expression. Satan came in to damage that, to uh, to kill or to destroy the whole universe that God created. But uh, now we are the battlefield because we have God in us. By our believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we get God's life and his nature in us. And this becomes a battlefield because Satan will not give up, even though he knows that receiving Christ is the top antibiotic for his poison. Yet he will not give up. He keeps trying to win this battle. But I'd like to announce that Christ is the victor. Satan has already been defeated. Amen. Francis, I also appreciated his uh, alluding to the story in Ezekiel 37 about the dry bones. Talk about that story for our listeners who may not be familiar with it. It's a good picture of what he's illustrating here. Yeah, well, this is a story of a valley full of dry bones. There's no life. There's no moisture. There's just dry bones lying around, detached, spread out everywhere. Kind of like us before we got saved. That's right. We're just like those dry bones. But then the breath of God came in. Life came in and breathed the life of God into those bones. And they rose up, even though before they were so scattered and nothing of semblance of a body. Yet these bones begin to come together. Yeah. And by being attached together, they stand up now as a body. 
My goodness. And this is what God is after with his people. So this is a good um, – we, we've used this verse now for a couple of days about the heading up of all things. This is a picture of the heading up, just as uh, our body is headed up by our head. Mm-hmm. When the life of God is injected into even the the death uh, situation, the, the death factor that Satan has created in mankind, there is a, a heading up, a kind of a structure that reflects this new life that has uh, been injected into us. It's marvelous because uh, this factor of death got into man to such an extent that there was no heading up and there was no joining together. There was no attachments. We were all divided, separated, and dead. But by the life of God coming in, we are enabled to rise up and be attached. Let's read this verse as we um, prepare to go back to Witness Lee for our final segment today. Again, this is the verse that we've been talking about uh, in the last couple of programs. It's Ephesians 1.10. Unto the economy of the fullness of the times, or the administration of the fullness of the times, to head up all things in Christ, the things in the heavens and the things on the earth in him. That's what the Lord is doing in these days. I think we have that sense, both without in the world situation and within us. Mm-hmm. We're all being headed up right. unto the fullness of the times. Yes. Yeah, let's go back to Witness Lee. Satan's injection has no administration because his injection is illegal. But God's working himself into us does have an administration. This Greek word for administration is a hard word for the translator. Actually, it is the anglicized English word economy, which is translated into either administration, dispensation, stewardship, or a household arrangement. You know, in ancient times, in the big royal families, there's always some steward. And that ministry of the steward is called the stewardship. And a steward is not just a slave, but a very intimate person to the whole family taking care of the household arrangement. I tell you, with the stewardship, with the household arrangement, there's always a kind of sweetness. Not only so, this stewardship is a dispensation. Dispensation means what? dispensing. My grandchildren, none of them listens to me. But everyone listens very well to the grandma, to my wife. Why? My wife has a policy to control them. Dispensing chewing gum. (laughs) She told the little grandchildren, behave. Otherwise, no chewing gum. <laughs> so all the little children are under a very nice control because the grandma controlled them with a sweet dispensation. <laughs> That's dispensation. Of course, that kind of dispensation is also a kind of administration. Listen to this. This matter to hide up all things is by what? By sweet, intimate stewardship. Dispensing, not chewing gum, but the sweet Christ. Dispensing the sweet 
life supplies of the Triune God. I tell you, this is called by the Apostle Paul the stewardship of the grace of God. That's a, a very endearing story there about uh, Sister Lee uh, yeah, right. being the grandma and her ability to control the children. Yeah. It illustrates this point very well. You know, I was on a flight recently, Francis, an international flight, and as we were about to take off, the head flight attendant was giving the announcements that we're all used to, but uh, she introduced herself as the chief purser on this flight. So I looked up that word when I got back, you know, purser, and I found out steward is one of the uh, synonyms for this word. Hmm. And we used to have that term on airline stewardess. Of course, that's no longer so correct in political terms. But nonetheless, <laughs> I appreciated that. That means that she was identifying herself as she was the one that was in charge of how many peanuts we got and yeah, whether right. we got soda <laughs> and when we ate. And, <laughs> uh, and that's a good illustration of what this steward was in the uh, ancient households, isn't it? That really is a good illustration because she tells you when to sit down, when to put away your electronic yes. devices and uh, – when she's going to feed you. and Exactly. All of these things are under her control, so we're very obedient to her. Exactly. Had the same effect that the chewing gum did on the uh, grand- <laughs> right. grandchildren here. Talk about this. This is a good illustration of this word uh, administration or stewardship or economy or dispensing or household arrangement. All of these terms are used here. This is such a marvelous term, even though it's been more or less hidden from the understanding of many people. It's called economy oikonomia in Greek, and it means stewardship or household management. And for this application that Brother Lee has given it, it's a dispensing of the sweetness and the life supply into all the members of the household. So we're those members of the household, and God's way of gaining us and uh, bringing us to himself and building us up together to be his expression is by dispensing himself into us as food, as enjoyment, and we're told to come and drink the water of life. We're told to eat the bread of life. This is all God's dispensing of himself. And this, actually, this particular age we're in now is called the dispensation of grace. That's right. Which means it's a dispensing all that Christ is into his believers. And this really rescues us from this heap of collapse that we've seen all around us and which we were a part of until we received the Lord. But now, for him to really build us up together, to be his expression as he intended, this takes the dispensing of God himself into us, in Christ as the Spirit, to be everything to us. Without this kind of dispensing, just to tell us we should obey would put us back under the law. We have no ability to obey the law, but there is a life ability put into us by his dispensing. And Paul said that uh, the stewardship or this administration had been given to him, and through his dispensing, look at the riches that, that we enjoy today of Christ that have been revealed. And so uh, this dispensing function has been passed on now through the ages. This is really the commission of the church, isn't it, that it should be the dispensing agency of Christ on earth? Yes, and the biggest dispenser in this age was the Apostle Paul. Well, again, we want to remind our listeners this dispensing is the same word as the Greek word 
that we have translated in English as economy. So as we talk many, many times on uh, this program, not just in Ephesians, but throughout the life study about the economy of God, it's this dispensing of the riches of Christ, really primarily the life of God into us, the members of his body that we're referring to. And it becomes the context in which we approach this entire book of Ephesians and really how we approach the whole Bible. Francis, thanks for your fellowship today. Thank you, and I enjoyed it very much. So did I, and uh, we hope that you did as well. We'd love to hear from you. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Please take time to call us, or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. And we do hope you'll join us again next week. We have another week of uh, tremendous life study messages from this life study of Ephesians for you. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Throughout the Bible, God is portrayed as food for man to eat and life for man to enjoy. In the Tree of Life, Witness Lee presents a view of God's heart that is little understood, revealing that it is God's desire that we receive Christ, experience Christ, and enjoy Christ as our moment-by-moment supply. The Tree of Life from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.